Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Tim Cocker. Hello, Jonathan Beardmore. Oh, how was your Monday, by the way? Uh, it was full of rugby. Was it really? Yeah. Look, well, Manchester, Manchester Metropolitan University coaching. It's great. Ah, well, you Love got a, a game this weekend? Cup game against Le- oh, Leeds. Wednesday, Leeds, Leeds back Wednesday. tomorrow. Yeah. Ugh. Like my new, the newfound time I've got in, uh, in in the middle of the week. I'm filling with as much rugby as possible. So. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Did you um, experience any text messages on Monday morning? Uh, lots. Really? Uh, yeah. So how about you? Yeah. So, well, do, do you want to outline what this this episode is? Phil's not here, obviously. He's working, like fi- fighting fires. Yeah, doing what he does. With sparklers, sparklers, sprinklers, counting bricks, counting bricks, pipes, wires. Um, yeah. So, on Saturday, Sunday, we spoke about Ugo Monu's tweets and the very serious allegation of a racist. What do you call it? Racist abuse. Which well, at uh, let's, Park. let's use Ugo's own words. The most blatant racist abuse he's ever experienced at, at a live event. Yeah, so shall we just read the tweet again? I think it's probably worth reading. Yeah, go on. So, leaving Sunday Park, and one supporter running through the crowd starts shouting, N-word, N-word. Disgraceful. Not a single person said a word, challenged, or even reported it. This turns out it might be important, by the way. He walks off after a mild scuffle, and the fans are now telling me, we're with you. Bollocks. You weren't... Uh, uh, sorry, bo- bollocks, you're with me. You weren't with me when you saw and heard the most blatant racism I have seen from a supporter at a live game. So fed up. So, next thing, Monday morning. Now, uh, yeah, I, I just want to be clear. The, the reason why, because you, as you'll understand why in a minute, JB wanted to do this episode, I was more reticent. I think my main thought was a bit of a Streisand effect type thing. Yeah. Almost like we're going to be... like I, I'm, I thought... Am I going to be doing what I say? Don't talk about the negative stuff more because it just amplifies the negative stuff. And I think we said everything we needed to say in the last podcast if how that tweet has been presented was true. Now, I'm not saying it's all untrue, but I think there are things which have been somewhat missed out from that tweet. Yeah, well, let, let, me, just, let me just finish the point I was making. Yeah. The, reason I, uh, the reason I said, yeah, okay, Jay, I'll, I'll, I'll come and do this episode with you uh, is because I think this may be one of those occasions again like with the CVC deal, like with the with various other uh, things that happen in rugby generally, is we may be one of the only places where people advocate for the sport itself. Yes. And for the people involved in the sport itself. Well, and I think, just to recap what we said on Sunday, and I think we were... I listened back to it in the context of, you know, what we're going to talk about today. And I thought that the points we made were, I could summarise as... 
uh, that's awful. Yep. And any abuse of any description aimed at anyone for any reason is equally awful. Uh, not equally awful, but is also awful. It's all awful. So it depends yeah, it's, what it's, it is. It's all, it's all awful. Like, I, I, yeah, that's, that's what you know, Racism is a very particular type of abuse, and it is awful to the yeah. person that receives it, but you don't know what affects people. You know, yeah. what, I don't like the idea of categorising abuse. If it affects you, it affects you. Yeah, and what we also said was that that doesn't ring true with our, our experiences of the sports in, you know, 30-odd years, <laughs> in our cases, and... It, uh, and we should we should not draw any conclusions about this with regards to the sport or Exeter Chiefs or Gloucester for that matter. Those were kind of the summary. Awful, but don't don't jump to any conclusions and don't um, you can tackle root you, you can tackle main issues without castigating the entire sport for it and dragging it through the mud. Anyway, yeah. so how does that tweet sound to you? If I was to read it again, what what would you take from that tweet? What kind of um what kind of event do you think happened if you were just on Twitter and you read that? It was, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's only, what, 140 characters, so it's hard to, there's so many gaps to fill in, I almost don't like speculating on it. it it's, what's, what's described sounds awful. It does. There's two things. And, 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 it, all, and it also sounds like um, it was, people were not upset by it. Yeah. So there's two things that I think here. Um the first thing is, well, hang on a minute. Let's just have a look at some of the tweets. So a lot of the tweets were in response to Hugo, and absolutely right to be supporting him. Mm. But a lot of them are like, well, are you surprised at having an Exeter? Well, this, you- this is something you pointed out. Yeah. They said, oh, doesn't this give people that want to make a particular point uh, a nice little story with a neat bow on top? They can just characterise it as, are you surprised? Look, look at yeah. who it is. That's They've already thing. been asked to stop the tomahawk chop. Can you? I, it's so not surprising it happened here. And of course, it is incredibly, incredibly surprising. So that tweet, in my mind, reads like an extra Chiefs fan has come up to him and racially abused him. Now, I would have said that a very important point to this would have been to point out that the guy who perpetrated the racial abuse was in fact not an Exeter Chiefs fan, or in, indeed a Gloucester fan. He was a mixed-race South African on holiday. Now, that is a really substantial difference, because the other thing you have to remember about this is that the, the accusation is, nobody stepped in, nobody defended me. And I don't know about you, Tim, but if I saw a black man, no, no, sorry, a non-white person, so mixed-race, a non-white person. We, we assume it's uh, part black African. Yeah. From the mixed race and from South Africa. Yeah. Okay. So if I saw a, a mixed race person going to Ugo and saying, you're an absolute wanker, we hate your content, we hate you, we hope you die, absolutely everybody, everybody would say, that is bang out of order, mate. Do one. You're not welcome here. I, I know that. I know that. I, I've seen some similar situations. I've, You know, that is a fact. But when you add the element of race... People do clam up, and it's not a bug so much. It's actually a feature of the conversation. Because if you look at that tweet and the hysteria of the subsequent tweets, of like, you're all culpable, you're all secret racists. No, they're not what, secret what, racists. Let's only report what's actually been said. Yeah. Yeah. No, you if you look at the tweets, you look at the reaction to the Oh, the reaction to the tweets. Okay, fine. So if you look at the reaction, like, oh, I mean, one of the BT sport, sports presenters, um, who I have a ton of respect for, I think she's brilliant, said like uh, people didn't um, speak up were culpable now i can guarantee you this is kind of like everyone saying i would have joined the french resistance in the second world war you wouldn't i, I wouldn't have shopped my uh my neighbors uh 
In fact, I was I was listening to a podcast where someone was saying that their and their ancestors were were Russian in the Stalin's Soviet Union, and um, one guy in the apartment block they were in told a joke to another neighbour, and the next day that family, whole family, were gone. And the reason they uh, and yeah, uh, the reason they were gone is because the family that dobbed them in weren't sure if they were being tested. Oh. So, yeah. but, so anyway, everyone likes to think they wouldn't have shopped their neighbours, they wouldn't have sent their their other people to the gulag, yep. they would have joined the French resistance, and they would they would jump in like Superman to save uh, a stranger. And the answer is right when race is involved, and you see that tweet from Hugo, and you know how the reaction has unfolded. Are you surprised when you elevate one thing to that state? Are you surprised nobody uh, nobody jumped in? Now here's the, here's the wrinkle. How, how do I know this? I know this because somebody texted me on Monday morning and said, "We've got some information." And the guy who did the guy who was the perpetrator of the of the abuse um, has been seen by these people. I said, "Well, that's great, but I need their names and numbers because I'm not. I can't just report that." So, oh, so, so pe- people were messaging you because they wanted you to uh, like yeah. get, get the word out. Yeah, yeah. So I phoned one guy who gave me the number for his mate. I phoned that guy. Um, I then did some other digging with people who in and around Sandy Park, and it turns out that everything which was said in that text message that this guy was a mixed—that is an important point, right? He's a mixed race guy with a with a mixed race g- g- girlfriend. That doesn't sound to me. It could it could be racist. It could definitely be abusive, and we don't know how it was said. And that's a really important point. It could just be really abusive the way he he came at him. But it's not the racism that it was led it, that he led every, everyone to believe well, it was. Interestingly, that I think, and again, I, I don't know, and I'm, I've only been from speaking to a lot of South Africans through the World Cup over in France. I, I've learned a bit more about this, but I, I think the some of the racial tensions in South Africa, it sort of shit could roll downhill. So people that were mixed race, sort of, um, in in some cases, were incent- oh, I don't know, I'm not going to say incentivized, but would almost elevate themselves above. Well, black people, but we're below white people. So, like, like anyway, there's a lot of it is there's a lot of stuff in that country. So, yeah, it could well be it's absolutely, absolutely possible. And absolutely. also, it might not be racist; it might just be out and out abusive, and that's just as bad. Yeah. And he has my full support because he shouldn't be abused at, at, at work. Oh no, he shouldn't be abused, whether it's race or anything else. But the fact to call it, especially immutable characteristics that you can't help. Well, no, especially in work, not immutable character- characteristics. He's in bloody work, yeah. you know, he's there to do a job. So, um. So to leave out that one detail, that one significant detail, I don't like. But no. what I loathe is the implication that no one stepped in. So both of the blokes I spoke to said, this isn't true. Almost everybody stopped. What, these people were there? Yeah, they were there and they watched it. And they all said that they all stepped in, right? Exeter Chiefs, I phoned them. And I said, I said, look, has it been reported? And the answer was, Exeter Chiefs have um, sent it to the police. I said, have you sent this to police or has Ugo sent it to the police? So it was reported. It was reported by Exeter Chiefs. The CCTV backs up everything. The CCTV also shows the security there almost immediately. What he's saying about Exeter Chiefs, I don't believe, is fully factually correct. I mean, I could be wrong, but, you know, it will come out in the wash. Now, the other element of... So, so you spent, what, most of yesterday on the phone to... Presumably they were saying, oh, we're having loads of calls from other journalists saying the same thing. Well, the thing is, journalists were calling... They were just redirecting to a statement because no one had any other information. I did have information, so I could ask them the correct questions to get the information that that I needed. Because um, am, am I right in saying I, I don't think I'm blowing 
your trumpet when I say the story has come out because of the work you did? 100%. As soon as I got these um, numbers and names, I went to major publications. I said, look, uh, you probably want to speak speak to these guys. I spoke to some local publications. Um, you know, I made sure that everybody knew what the facts were. Because I think it's absolutely abhorrent to smear a club like, Ex- like Exeter, the way that that tweet has smeared them. And not so much Ugo's well, tweets. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the it reaction. It is the subsequent tweets. Yeah, the reaction to it. Yeah. You know, I would not be surprised if later on this week or next week, Exeter announce a financial loss. And it is fair to say, Tony Rowe, even though people hate him, is doing everything in his power to make sure that rugby survives down in Devon and Cornwall at a professional level. And not only survives, thrives. You're talking about European Cup champions here from a few years ago, from absolutely nothing. So to target this club relentlessly with the worst sort of slurs you can think of and is a, wrong. And again, this is the response to the to, to the incident are what is dragging the club through the mud. Well, that, when, when people, well, yeah, I mean, so let's just go back a step because I had the same reaction that you did. That when I found out the ethnicity of the other person involved in this incident, my thought was. Well, that seems like a pretty key bit of information that was that that, that we yeah. that we weren't privy to, and I I also had to sort of check myself and go. Mm, I had to go. No, maybe it isn't a key bit. Well, of Well, the way you so, feel is the yeah. way everybody felt, but in real time when this happened. So the way you're questioning yourself now, and I know you were reticent to sort of do a podcast yesterday, is exactly how people felt in real time. They had five seconds to make up their mind. Do you want to take? Do you want to take that risk when? The race slurs, the, the racist slurs that will come your way would be so detrimental to yourself and your club if you got this wrong. Yeah. And that's the problem. Well, what is also interesting is that I, I, I asked a couple of people that I knew um, who are... Um, who are I, hate, I just hate describing people by their, their skin colour. One of the things I love about bringing my kids up in South Manchester, and actually one of the things that I really res- resented, is when, when, when the kids were little, like up to the age of five, six, they, they used to describe their friends as, oh, it's the one with the curly hair. Yeah, yeah. They, they never, ever, and it's just... So, but anyway, I spoke to a couple of people that are black. Yeah. Just to say, is this an important bit of information? I know you did the same. I did. I spoke to two professional players that, that are black. And, you know, to say, is that... Am I, is my gut feeling right that that is a key bit of information in this story which would have just changed how it felt and the assumptions that people would have jumped to? Yeah. And my gut feeling was it was. They said, uh, yeah, that is definitely a key bit of information. And that, that was the response you got as well? Yeah, pr- pretty much exactly that. So I'm going to... I know you don't like it when he's ad, ho- ad hominems, but what a clown Oliver Brown is. So this is a guy from Telegraph, chief sports writer. Oh, I Rugby's saw this article. Uncomfortable is... truth. Yeah, it has a racism problem. Yeah, does it, Oliver? This is what we feared on Sunday night. Yeah, does it, Oliver? Because it sounds to me like you're an absolute rank rank amateur. I'm amazed that the Telegraph can employ a guy like this. To be honest, so when I saw he was like the chief sports writer, and that's a that really got... prominent position at a yeah. very prominent he's publication. Just not checked any of his facts. I mean, it's basic. It's like me investing your money for you but not knowing how much I'm expecting. I mean, maybe he'd already written an article about all sorts of other incidents and it just so happened that this story broke at the very moment he was going to write it with all the substantive information. But no, what he's done is he's seen one tweet, saw the reaction to it, made an assumption himself 
and then dragged up a load of other uh, bits of information, cobbled it together to create a topical story that will get clicks. It was, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I was really pissed off when I saw it, and it's exactly what I thought would happen. He shouldn't be a journalist. I don't think he is a journalist, frankly. I mean, he's an opinion writer, maybe something like that. Um, I mean, there's a reason why we kept our opinions and thoughts to what we kept them to, which was, this is shocking, this is unacceptable on the sound of it, and um, but let, uh, do not what yeah. do not drag the sport or, or a club through the mud now, at this stage. Interesting wrinkle about this is there is not police proceedings at this point. So there's no arrest, there's nothing like that yet. Police have identified the guy involved, and it looks like the altercation that took place was between Ugo and this fella. Now, I'd just like to point this out. When I was a young man, I had a really bad stutter. Really bad stutter. Well, even when you started this podcast, yeah, you had a really bad stutter. Right? And like, it's what, one of the things I'm proudest of with the podcast, mate, yeah, is that it, in 10 years, your stutter is basically gone as a result of doing this podcast. It is a disability which you cannot comprehend because you can't talk, you can't express your feelings, and then when someone talks to you about it or mocks you about it, it is utterly humiliating, right? So I have an idea of what it is to be humiliated in public. And then I'd fly off the handles and end up punching people all the time. In fact, I got suspended from school for um, seriously, beat, seriously beating up a guy. Fine. Now, that is okay when you're 19, right? Not 19, sorry, maybe like 16. It is okay. I mean, that is what young men go through. To be in your 40s and be a prominent individual and have and elevate something to such a status that you end up scrapping in a rugby club car park with a mixed-race fella over some words is so, frankly, beneath what I would expect of the standards of you know, people who are so-called rugby role models. I mean, that's what I, I really bothers me, actually. Well, I, I there's no discipline. Uh, there's no, you know, there's, there's no stoicism. To ask as well, I mean, this is the other thing. He, didn't, he also hasn't reported this to the police, from what I understand. I could be wrong. Extra chiefs have. So, you know... So much of this stuff is wrong. People did say something. Security were there. Extra chiefs did report this. I think it's wrong. I, I, I really think it's wrong. And you're uh, so I, I, I'll just pass that out. I, I will not. I'll not attach uh, my sentiment to what you said about the control because I just don't know, have the facts. I don't know what was said. I, I, I just don't know. So yeah, the, 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 I, and that's fair. But, like, but I, buttons can be pushed. Yeah. And, and just remember, I, I want to be explicit on this. Um, I think it's a racial incident because it's a racial... T- I don't think necessarily think it's a racist incident, but it could absolutely be an insulting, abusive, threatening incident. It could absolutely be all of those things. And if that's the case, he's well within his rights to defend himself and gra- you know, grab someone's neck or whatever he did. But I just think to lose your temper... As- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com. Prominent individual and a rugby. We talk about role models. Got to do better than that. Well, well, again, that, that, I, I don't know the set of circumstances, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, say what we, that. What, um, what do we tell our rugby players when they're in the midst of an eighty-minute test match? You know, Tom Curry didn't uh, didn't lose his temper. You know, lots of people haven't lost their temper. The whole game is based on discipline. Yeah. Well, I mean, the CCTV footage exists, and and the individuals involved know what happened. So, I, yeah, I, I'll leave that. What what I will say is. Um, yeah, just going back onto what you talked about, Oliver Brown. I saw that article in the Telegraph, and it it just looked opportunistic and and oh, I don't know. It just it, it was beneath him and the it's Telegraph. Beneath the Telegraph. To, to, I, I mean, he should be fired for that. I think. Wow. I, mean, I think it's just so poor. Well, that that was also published before the, uh, the fresh information came out. When just to be clear, again, this is not an Englishman. Not an not an English rugby fan. Not a fan of Exeter Chiefs. Not from not Exeter. A, not from Exeter or Gloucester. A South African man, first and foremost, and with his mixed race or black partner. Yeah, and and this is why when things happen, like, and actually, you, you talked about um, some reactions, but I would just say the, ge- the the general theme from people that that know Ugo, and this was the sentiment that, that I shared, which is like, what an awful thing to go through, and what a horrible thing to happen. That's generally, and and I'm like, yeah. Express that sentiment, but and I'm I'm going to name here, and I don't, you know, this is a fellow professional, but I'm only saying this not not to drag them specifically through the mud because because you've just mentioned Oliver Brown, but mm. just to go, just always just take a beat and don't drag our sport and our clubs through exactly. the through the mud until you know you're on solid ground. Exactly, because there's enough negativity around our sport and enough st- struggling. We just uh, yeah. So anyway, Sonia McLaughlin's tweet was. <clears throat> quote, just three weeks ago, we watched Sia Khaleesi lift the Webb Ellis Trophy aloft, the figurehead of a diverse team helping to drive positive change in South Africa. Meanwhile, in Exeter... In Exeter? Th- this is sickening. May that idiot never see the inside of Sandy Park again. He probably well, won't, do, he probably won't <laughs> because he was on holiday from South Africa. Yeah. Um... And the, the problem I have with it is, because you could just say, oh, well, great, we've now got... That we've now got more information on the matter, so Exeter Chiefs will clear kind of their their name and their fans have been cleared and can feel a bit better. Not better that it happened because it's a horrible incident to happen, but they can feel better that that if there's not there's not an individual walking among them that has outrageous abhorrent views, yeah, well, or or or, or, or behaviours. But the the problem is the reaction. The reaction to this correct, not correction, but the reaction to this new information is going to be a drop in the ocean of yeah. what the, of the about, damage that's already been done to the reputation of rugby and the reputation of Exeter Chiefs. How about Hal Crettenden, who allegedly is a fan of rugby? Um, sorry about such and such, um, Hugo. You've already stated uh, what was said, and he's so desperate to undermine what happened. His timeline shows him to be from a similar mindset as the idiot that ran, that ran into you at Exeter. Thoroughly ashamed that the old anonymous fool supports Saracens. In other words, what Hal's saying is, I'm much better than everybody else. Um, sorry, I don't understand what he's saying. Say again? What he's saying... Oh, right, sorry. So there's a tweet um, here, which is not a particularly um, savoury tweet, uh, you know, questioning what happened. Hal Cressenden has come back at this guy and basically said, look, um, he's so desperate to undermine what happened. But it turns out a lot of people who undermine what happened might have actually been, might have actually been right. They might have been right. And it's this posting of random rugby fans by 
the elites of rugby is like, yeah, they're racists, they're racists. I mean, what really gets me is how many people think that they're that much better than the extra Chiefs fans because they would have all stepped up. And they wouldn't. I've met half these people, and a lot of them are cowards. I don't mean that, like, you know. There's nothing wrong with being... It's a fa- they have a fantasy in their mind, right, yeah. that they would be the ones stepping in. And I guarantee, when you read um, tweets from, like, I don't know, Paul, Paul Morgan or... You know, oh, I'm just, I mean, so many here. I know they wouldn't step in, but they have a, like a fetish or a fantasy that they would be the ones that stepped in because they think they're so much better than the Exeter Chiefs fans. I just, it makes my blood boil. Well, all I would say is, and I think that that, that tweet from, uh, bearing in mind, the reason, the reason I picked that is not to pick on that individual that I just read the tweet from, but it's because that is an individual whose whole career is, is rugby. Yeah. A whole yeah. career was rugby, and so I just—that's I, what I'm saying. If your whole career was rugby, and the interests of the sport were so interwoven with the interests of your own, and the people that pay you your your mortgage and mm. pay for you to go on holidays and, and pay pay for your living were the very same people that you may be dragging the name through the mud of, I'd just be very, very careful before I did it. Quick question though: yeah. Would this kind of be mixed race? Is it fair to say we need more EDI to solve racist abuse in in, um, in rugby? Or am I drawing the wrong conclusion here? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole with you, mate. Um, all I will say is, like, I, 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 so we've only picked on names of journalists and people who are paid in the sport of rugby. We're lucky enough to be connected in rugby in various ways um, through this podcast. Um, through the experiences we've had. I was out working in France during the World Cup. I, I absolutely love rugby. Here and you go. Here's one. Johnny Fordham. Premiership rugby is aware of the accusations of racist abuse suffered by Hugo Monia at Sunday Park following the extra Chiefs match against Gloucester. Premiership rugby offer our full support to Hugo Monia and we stand united with our clubs and players in the fight against racism. That's a perfectly reasonable tweet. Yeah, I like that. What, what's wrong with that? That's perfect. There, there you, you go. go. Easy. Easy. You can, you can support... Uh, you can admonish, but you can also not drag the name of clubs and fans through the mud. That's exactly, exactly right. Fair play, Johnny Fordham, and he's he's the comms manager at Premier Rugby now. Hey, an enormous upgrade, I, I might add. Premiership Rugby, so great. So uh, hopefully so some fans who jumped and put... Because there's a lot of people whose tweets have aged like milk. Well, uh, uh, I mean, we, look, I'm I'm on a, the, I'm on the fence here. I completely agree, and I love to laugh at some of the tweets. I'm not I'm not laughing. I'm, oh, I'm, I am. The, I think some of them were absolutely hilarious. Well, yeah, the people that the people that went, oh, well, what do you expect, Tomahawk Chop, etc. Shame on you. But hopefully, you might have learnt a lesson. Y- yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, I wonder how many people will um, row this back. Answer: Probably none. None. Probably none. Did, 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 think, any, did anyone row it back? I'm not. No, it's not the same thing. I'm not going to get. I that. do I'm not gonna think that there, there, there are lots of high-profile examples where things turn out to not quite, or, or or extra bits of detail change the complexion of something, and people never row it back. Never, yeah. never row so, it back. I think there's a good argument that Ugo should apologise to the extra Chiefs fans. I mean, I can also see mm, that. No, no, it's the reaction to Ugo's tweet. Well, it, some things he said were false. And he missed out contacts, and that makes it very hard. Uh, just be clear again. What was what was false? Um, no one intervened. No one reported it. No one said a thing. All those things are, are, are false. Security was there. Extra chiefs reported it. I spoke to two people that said something. That is wrong. That is wrong. Um, so you know, there should absolutely be some sort of reckoning around that. And I think the lack of context. It's like 
I'm not going to say it's dishonest by, by omission, but it is a vital bit of information that you should have put in. If you're going to, if you want, what they, what, 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 what do they like to say? A robust conversation, and we must do more, right? If you want that robust conversation, you need to be honest, honest about what what happened. Because how can we have a robust conversation if we don't even know what happened? Well, this is again why I'm not on Twitter because you can't have robust conversations on Twitter. It doesn't. You can't because of the, the space that it allows, and. You can't because of the way that the algorithm uh, incentivizes uh, outrage uh, and the, the reactions to it are a perfect example. The, the measured ones don't get much uh, traction. The ones that jump to wild, um, uh, jump to the most extreme positions are the ones that, that, that give people the serotonin yeah. boost that keeps them coming back for more. Uh, so I just, I just... I would just like to point something out before everyone says, well, JB, you've jumped the gun. I have actually asked Ugo Monia for comment on everything which I've said today. Left him voice notes. Um, he's not got back to me, uh, which is completely his progress. He doesn't owe me anything, but mm. I have asked. Um, I have phoned witnesses. I phoned extra chiefs. I phoned other members of the media. Um, what I'm saying today, just so everyone knows, I'm not jumping to conclusions, of what I think, what I'm pretty certain to be true, and have stood up at each, at each point. Well, as it is, I've I've worked with Ugo for years, stand up stand up bloke, and so the, my my purpose for being on here is not uh, is to to do nothing other than say that any individual, Ugo included, going through that is completely awful, and I and I I feel for that. I'm my focus is on the reaction to it and the the impact it has on our sport, and that's the only reason I'm I'm here doing it. Yeah, so hopefully, it'll, hopefully it'll make people think a little bit. Yeah, I will just say this um, from extra chiefs. I would like to see them come out swinging on, on this. I'd like to see them really make a robust defence of their fans. Because we all know that they've had a tough time with smears from social media and whatnot. And I think it's only right that they do launch a real defence of, of their fans. Ooh, what was that? I don't know. Mm, there you go. Your, your phone, um, my phone, I'm not sure. Your phone? Uh, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, the, the fans have got falsely accused here of the worst thing you can be in sport. It's all over the media. Some of the most prominent people in rugby have basically repeated these claims. The Telegraph have written about racism in rugby, and I think Exeter Chiefs, if they did the right thing, would launch a very robust defence of their fans once, once the investigation's over. Wherever anything like this rears its head in rugby, um, be it uh, a racial slur, be it uh, any well, any sort of slur or name, mm. then I think we will we will always condemn it. And I, I, not but and I would also reiterate, and this is kind of my overwhelming point, and the reason why this episode's being done at all is my 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 honest and heartfelt belief is that you will not find a more inclusive place in the UK yeah. where crowds of people congregate than a rugby club be that your local club or uh, a stadium where elite sport happens it, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a rare and special thing that rugby has and the reason is because people who go to rugby games love rugby that is the common denominator one of the things that's really upset me another thing that's really upset me about this is like how the institution of anti-racism has overtaken the institution of rugby in this discussion both things, I mean, racism is a very important subject, but it shouldn't be all-consuming for a sports organisation. Fighting cancer is a very important topic. It should not be all-consuming for a sports organisation. Mental health, you see, see where I'm going here. We shouldn't have a handful of topics that absolutely dominate the sport. The sport should be dominant, because when the sport is dominant, the only thing that people have in common, generally speaking, is common values, um, shared experience, you know, love the sport. You know, what more do you want? Like, 
how do you think you get people mixing together without that? Because we don't mix together because we're forced to uh, through some EDI quota or through what was Paul Morgan's quote, the ex-premiership uh, comms director, filling the stadiums half with LGBTQ plus I people. That's just not how it works. You go there because you love rugby and that's why, like you say, it's so inclusive because the only thing that matters is, guess what? You love rugby. That's it. Can we do a little special episode just talking about the nuances of scrum technique? One or, day. Or lineouts. One or... of these days. Do you know, the guy who I'd love to speak to about scrum technique is the new extra prop, Georgian guy, Avaladze. Mm. Animal. Absolute animal. Yeah. Well, I, I think when I, I was I was just preparing like some stuff for a little YouTube video and I was looking at the the viewing figures for top 14 the, the the gap between top 14 viewing figures and World Cup viewing figures and the same for English Premiership. And the top 14 final had one third of the viewers of France's most watched game during the World Cup. The top 14? The top 14 final, final. Okay. Yeah. had one third of the viewers <clears throat> of the most viewed France game at the Rugby World Cup. Wow. Whereas the, the Premiership final, which was on ITV as well as... Uh, BT had nearly one tenth the audience. Oh, that is interesting. Of England's highest uh, sport, and if you want to draw an inference from that, I mean, yes, you could say there's more great players playing in France. Maybe there are some pockets of France which are um, have a r- real high density of hardcore rugby fans. Maybe that is true. But what I think is also true is exactly touching on what you just said. France unashamedly celebrate the sport for the sport first yeah, and foremost absolutely the media right. does the administration of the sport does the clubs do they understand what it is they understand what it is the fans and yeah they corral around what it is they love about I mean, they the sport. might love deeply ingrained uh, minor sometimes major corruption sure but they <laughs> love the sport they do love the sport <laughs> Really but it's corruption of love. It's corruption of passion. There's no choice about that. And that love of the sport is why we're sat here on a Tuesday afternoon um, doing a little extra podcast for you. Um, and the love of the sport and wanting to advocate for rugby because I, I, no, no one else is going to no one else is going to do this sort of content. I think, you know, some people are going to mention it because I'll be listening to various people who broadcast and various people that write knowing that I know what, what they know. Uh, and knowing that we've had conversations. So we will see. We will see who's honest and who wants just to stir the pot and get some clicks and then or, or at least, shame them. Or at least they may have, uh, some people may have stirred the pot initially by jumping to a conclusion, which again, I'm the whole point of me being here is to warn against doing that, particularly when it drags the sport or a club through the mud and and whether, whether they actually proactively redress that balance. I yes. think most people will have done the damage and now we'll just go quiet. Yeah. Do you know, another thing which will happen on this is it'll be morally, it'll be actually incorrect, but morally correct. So like, yeah, okay, this didn't happen with Hugo, but it doesn't change the facts that, sorry, it might not have happened exactly as it should have, uh, as it said. Well, not as it said, as people assumed. As people assumed with Hugo, but we still need to have the conversation. It was morally correct. The points were morally correct. Well, again, I, I... My only re- my only thought on this is the reaction to it was the bit that I have an issue with, particularly from people that should know better, who are trained journalists. And you're you're not a trained journalist. It's not hard though, is and it? And you've spent a day finding out facts on the phone. As, as jobs go, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. So you should be ashamed if you don't if you don't get get these facts right. Ashamed. Or at least if you 
if you if you tell the story in a in a uh, what's the word tell the story in a sensational way yeah that does damage without the facts yeah so like the adam hathaway piece in the like times. johnny fordham perfect response yeah, just Point, wait, perfect response. wait and see um adam hathaway in the times was just well this happened and just reported on the tweets and there's nothing wrong with that i mean no nothing wrong with that at all you know i didn't like it because they didn't wait for more information but you know that is news isn't well, it you that, can't you can't just news. yeah you can't just you could just reply to the tweet going this this is absolutely awful and wherever this appears wherever in society let alone uh, at a sports stadium this is unacceptable um and I, I hope everyone's okay. That, there's nothing wrong with saying that. But, so but, but saying, to, yeah. Anyway, in the future, are we going to have to watch on our TV screens? One pundit who will remain nameless talking about gay rights, and another pundit talking about discrimination, and actually have to listen to this nonsense. I think we might, mightn't we? <sighs> oh dear. Oh yeah. dear. Well, again, there's there was yeah, yeah. We were the only play. Oh no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just lo- I bloody love rugby, and I I lived in Exeter for a few years when Exeter was in the old uh, Championship, or it might have even been National One. It was the old County yeah. Ground, and what a great club! And so I've seen, I, I've I've experienced it when before they were European champions. I was working on the sport for the TV company when they became European and Premiership champions. I absolutely love Exeter, and that was my first thought on Sunday. Was yeah, and this everyone. is this is not that club. Yeah. And even and well, yeah, dickheads. There's there's always a dickhead, and there are dickheads among us all, all over the place for all sorts of reasons. But this is not that club, and this is not those fans, and that's that's um, that's the only point I want to get across. And there I, we go, nailed it. Not, right, we can yeah. um, wrap it up, there, mate. Right, nice. See you on the next one. See you. See you later. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project. There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.